Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two <laughs> friends talk about cars, although this week not a lot about cars, quite honestly. <laughs> Should we um, should we start this one like an American podcast with seven minutes of unenthusiastic reading about commercial products or services? Did you say unenthusiastic or enthusiastic? Well, actually, no, it's not, is it? We would do it unenthusiastically because we're British and therefore embarrassed by anything involving money. That's, that's aren't, right. So, <laughs> yeah, do you have sweaty balls? Get nut dust. The only dust that keeps your balls from getting sweaty. I've used this now for myself for several weeks, and let me tell you, my balls have never been drier. It's funny. Yeah, it's really funny you should say that because I watched a, a, an episode of Who V's Garage on YouTube the other day, and he did, yeah. I'd say it was no less than two minutes as part of the intro where he was saying he was sponsored by Manscape. Yes. And yeah. he was just talking. He was re- really quite intensely um, describing the process and how good this thing is. And I thought, look, I mean, look, I run a YouTube channel. It's, it's, it's a business. I get it. Sponsorship's important. But I thought, is, is, where's the relevance? Is this... I know. I'd well, want, I'd want, I only like to be sponsored by actual relevant vehicle-related companies and brands, but maybe I'm yeah, missing a those, trick. Yeah, those manscaping people seem to have got a pretty blanket... They're aggressively manscaping, that's what they're doing. They really are, they're really yeah. are aggressively taking it back to... They're like when I had my vasectomy and I got yeah, aggressively manscaped. Did you? Yeah, I turned up and there was, I don't know, an inch-thick amount of paperwork I apparently should have read through which i th- i think I, i'm pretty sure i said this to my missus i'm pretty sure i did read it i've told uh, you this story haven't i rich i don't think so uh, anyway i had to take uh, you know i was wearing a smock as you do i've had to change into my smock and i went into this cubicle and the nurse was chatting through and just filling a few forms out and then the, the surgeon said oh meet the surgeon the surgeon came in she was a woman and just went okay uh, let's just have a quick look and she just lifted up my um my smock took one look at my meat and two veg and she honestly she, she just went oh goodness what am I going <laughs> to do and I and honestly she just and then she, she she huffed looked at me then looked at the nurse and just went did you not did you not read the paperwork I said yeah I did she said you can't leave it like that Got, got to shave it all Leave off. Leave it like that. Yeah, honestly, just talking about like an like a like an, an animal that you've brought to the vet, and I I just went, well, what? And she just looked at the nurse. She went, you're going to have to just get rid of it all. Do it now. Do it quickly. And then just walked off in a real huff, like you just had a proper like relationship argument. And this was the start of of my procedure. It wasn't great. Well, and then you know that she's. She's a bit pissed off with you, and she's about to take a knife to your ball bag. Absolutely, and then I, I, I and then so I, I got aggressively sheared like an unloved sheep, and then put, wheeled into the the the, um, the, the surgeon's theatre, um, and then I observed that of the eight people in there, I was the only man. Oh, and I felt I felt quite um, what's the word vulnerable. 
very vulnerable. So, yeah, that was that. I didn't expect to talk about that on, on the podcast today, if I'm honest. Um, I, mean, I think uh, we're uh, quite uh, a big surprise to where the conversation goes these days, aren't we? But that's the joy when of I went and had my, sniff, is it not? my clackers snipped. I um, I wasn't. I think they the, the literature specifically said there's no need to shave. Well, that's what I protested because I did read all of the thing, the like the checklist of things to do before you go in, and mm. you get you know your your egg bag <laughs> hacked. And I just thought, well, of course, if I need to do it, I'll do it. You know, I'll stretch that bad boy over the end of a ironing board and I'll wet shave it if that's what they want me to do <laughs> after a very, board. very hot bath. Uh, <laughs> that, but I, 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 no, wait, hang on. Wait, wouldn't you want it to be like dip them in an ice bath so that it all goes sort of quite taut? It'd be easier to shave. It'd be like shaving a rugby ball rather than no, I, trying to. No, I would go the other way, and then what? I would, no. So it's all nice and slack, and then I could oh wrap God, it. It'd be like trying to shave a duvet. Yeah, it'd be like, be, like shaving a. It's a bit like trying to stretch a swimming cap before putting it on your head. <laughs> yeah, but you want it to be taut, don't you? You Otherwise, just use it. There's, there's just it's wrinkling your, and it'll snag. Just wrap it around. Wrap it around a mobile phone or a. Uh, <laughs> 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 or a desk lamp. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. off for a while. It's all possible. Um, it's all possible. It depends on the temperature. It's all about the high stress situation. Having to try and yeah, it was shave your plum sack whilst you're under the pressure of knowing you've got to get in there, and there's a slightly angry woman waiting for no, you. The, to, no, the, um, this is the, she didn't trust me to do it. The nurse did it. Oh, so I had it done for me. Oh but, my god! But, but using bare-ended clippers. Very, oh. very large-looking clippers, the sort that you do an Alsatian with when it's getting ready for summer. And uh, it was hell. really... I mean, I was a little bit scared. Uh, worse than that, just before I'd gone in the room um, to take my clothes off and put this NHS smock on, um, the the lady... Uh, the, uh, sorry, a man, an old guy shuffled in who was about to have another sort of operation and just did a bit of small talk. Morning, you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You OK? Yeah, not bad going to be much better after this yeah what, mm-hmm. what what are you in for he asked me and I, I didn't ask him i thought you're not supposed to ask what what are you having mm. i said i'm having um I'm having a vasectomy and he went he looked at me he just froze and he went are you sure you want to do that <laughs> and i went well yeah i, I am sure yeah he i went, am the ghost of bollocks past honestly it was like warn you. there were so many like pointers to just just please just preserve your pebbles don't let don't let them get chopped about that bloke then the then the surgeon having a go at me because i had too much too much my pubic forest was not appropriate for use is it not fit for purpose or whatever you want to call it it's just no i mean it's just not right it's not right golly well i, I was i had none anyway. of those problems my my scrotal fuzz passed the the inspection and did it. A, a, a massive Ghanaian chap did mine, and afterwards he was just idly making small talk and telling <laughs> me how he's got this mate back home in Ghana who has fathered about twenty children with different women. Oh and he my was going, gosh! I just keep saying to him, "I'll do you, I'll do you for free, I will do you for free," because you. But then he was like, he got really serious and he went, because. I know that some of his children from different women now live in Paris. What if two of them get together and don't realise they're actually siblings? Oh. So it's irresponsible. And I was like, oh, shit, God, no, that's I really a, thought about that. That's a, quite a depth of conversation. For, yeah, uh, it was good, though. It was very, it was sort of, well, I was going to say it's quite jolly. It was, you know, it was all very chatty. And then I went and sat outside and had a biscuit. Did you have a nurse and, say, can, if, if you feel the need to, you can grip my hand as hard as possible? 
Did you have that? No. Oh, I did. No. I did. But a mate of mine had said to me, the best thing to take your mind off it is to make, make chit-chat with the nurse. And so I did. And she didn't really seem to be in the mood for talking. So I had to force the conversation a little bit. But <laughs> it was that or remember that there's a large Ghanaian man taking a knife to my... Spuds. to my to my clacker hammock and um so yeah no it's all good in fact we we, i left and my wife went do you feel lightheaded and i went no i'm actually i think i'm okay and she went right let's go for lunch then we went for lunch we had a a couple of glasses of wine with lunch and i felt fine seriously that's hard yeah but then i went home and i was basically i went right i've got to lie on the sofa all afternoon now and just watch this documentary about new order that i've recorded off sky arts and my wife was like well, you don't seem to be that invalided out. And I was like, no, really, I am. I better just lie here for the rest of the afternoon. Is that what it was? I remember getting picked up outside the hospital by my wife with the um, um, with the kids, who were very young. And I remember noticing that the Nissan Cube was sort of misfiring. And then when I got home, I realised mm. the head gasket was starting to go. So that's uh, that was another signal of a, a wonderful day. Yeah. <laughs> Although to, to, I just want to make this completely clear on the podcast, I'm very, uh, very pleased that I did have my pods um, modified, <laughs> stage three tuned. Actually, I mean that's the way I'm going to call it. But uh, and talking cat back, exactly, I had the cat back system fitted. Um, so yeah, straight through. Uh, actually, no, not straight through. Pipes restricted. But anyway, yeah, it was in a four into one manifold or something like that. Anyway, look, um, all of this talk of having your, your gooseberries fondled uh, has reminded me of something I want to talk to you oh. about, which is um, how often do you replace the wiper blades on your car? Oh, not very often. Uh, <clears throat> no. Once every four or five years, I bet. Unless they're frost damaged, in which case... Well, yeah, I, I swear to God, I did... I put new wiper blades on my 911 last year. Mm -hmm. And I know it sort of sat for a long time because of COVID and everything. But I was out the other day when it was absolutely slashing it down. And the blades are juddery as fuck. And they obviously need replacing. I was a bit like, I just did this. And then I was out in my Defender. And it was raining because it's been raining a lot recently. Mm -hmm. And and they were juddering. So I was like, hang on a minute. I did these last year. I'm sure I did because they're funny little ones, you know. Did you buy like El Cheapo plastic? Ones? No, they're fucking Bosch ones. They're okay. Yeah. All right, proper. Just asking. Um, what yeah. about? Uh, Sorry, it I didn't could mean be to be wiper blade defensive. Though. Maybe they get lots of UV light. It might be that. Yeah, cars aren't garage. It's true. Mm. Um, and yeah, not used. I don't know. Maybe I was gonna just. Maybe they don't the move screens. enough. Maybe they're not used yeah. enough. They suffer from lack of use rather than use. Yeah. I don't know. And I was like, I don't, I don't remember in the past replacing my wiper blades every no. year. I mean, you just do it when they need it, don't you? It's, yeah. Um, well, one of my cars, I haven't actually. I took the at the Dodge. I took the windscreen wiper motor and all the arms and all the mechanism out two years ago, and I haven't put them back in yet. So I just use Rainex. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Above about forty, it's just flawless. It's brilliant. Um, I realise I've got some Rainex in the shed because I just I'm very particular about a beading on a screen. I'm very particular about it because you love beading generally, though, don't you? I do like beading, but I understand that some people don't like cleaning cars, and that's absolutely fine. 
but I think the the vision element of just having a really effortlessly clear screen at all times is pretty good, especially on on an old car where there's bigger fish to fry with stuff like cogs falling off it and steam coming out of it i tend to just prioritize just yeah just try and take the stress out of the minor issues so you can focus on the major ones exactly Um, exactly i know you are you're quite a car cleaner and i am not but you know a couple of weeks ago on the podcast i was talking about doing a sort of job lot on my cars basically unfurling the big hose yes and um, that just sounds wrong jet washer out and just doing doing the lot well, I did it, and it was quite satisfying. How many days were you out for? Oh, it was just one afternoon. I just the production lined it basically, yeah, and um, and did a bit of interior vacuuming as well. So you know, it was a. It was, but do you when you've washed a car? Maybe it's just me because I don't do it a lot. And I was really pleased with the way that the nine eleven came up because it's black, so it looks good when it's clean. It's it's and, a very satisfying color hue to um to cleanse. I think. It was parked across the street because I'd moved it after I'd watched it, washed, washed it to get make room for the next car. And I was in the upstairs front window and I couldn't stop just taking a peek at it across the street and going, mm, that's a clean car. I, do, you, do, you, yeah, do you do that I've, or am I strange? No, I've done that a lot because my, my, my wife's cars have nearly always been black. So when we used to have the Chrysler 300, which was an absolute slab of a car to keep clean and, mm. and straight... Especially yeah. as it's a family car, uh, I, I it would be a full day for me. I bu- I would just book out a day, and that would be it to to do a proper job on that. But <laughs> but I'd stand back and I would absolutely admire it, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I think it used to come up spectacularly well, that black metallic, and now the Jimny's the same. But the Jimny's got like a few more corrugations in it, and to be honest, the paint finish on the Jimny's not great because it's not a very expensive car, so uh, okay. you don't get that. You don't get that real sheen in the same way. Yeah, want. the paint on the Porsche is lovely, or it was. I think that car just needs a. I need to get it to the paint shop because you know some bits of paint came off the front wings because it got bird shit on it. Yeah, which is really annoying. That is that is bad. And the bloke at my local garage, he is ex Porsche and a connoisseur of these things, was like, "This is a lovely car. Shame about your paint." And I went, "Yeah, I know it's annoying. It's bird shit." Took it off, and he went, "Yeah, that's a bad respray." That. And I was like, are you sure? And he went, yeah, it shouldn't come off with bird shit. That's bad prep. Someone's done bad prep. It's it, bad prep. Well, and he kept saying it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. But then, you know, the I, t- I said the original owner or second owner of my car got in touch with me. And I asked him, I said, do you have the front resprayed? And he was like, no, didn't. So I don't know. The truth lies somewhere in between. But then I was looking at it and there's like, some fucker scuffed the back bumper, which I think will probably come out with a bit of, um, you know, T-cut or similar. Uh, but then... You can just see little sort of scuffs and scrapes and things around it. And I was just like, oh, this needs it depends. Needs sorting out. Because the paint where it's good is really lovely and comes up really deep and lustrous. 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 I have to say the finish on Porsches is normally good. Um, mm. It reminded me of, uh, I started, I stumbled across it on Instagram a few weeks ago of a guy and I'm trying to work out which country he's in I think it's Portugal or somewhere like that where he he found a 993-911 in a river oh where, yes where it had been crashed for f- five left for four years 
and paid to have it extracted and is doing this unbelievable rebuild on it. Like, mm. I mean, it's so bent and ruined, but the paint... In, considering it's been under the water <laughs> really for four good, yeah. years, and I get it, it's ignored. It. Fresh. It's actually not that bad. It's that amazing yellow colour, which I can't remember the name of. What is it? Citron. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, Citro. I don't Citron. It's a real yes. CX Palace. Citron. Yeah, Citron C15 yellow. <laughs> well known colour. <laughs> Um, no, because you know when the C15 went on sale in Britain, it was only available in white or red, and in the brochure that was listed as Van Blank or Van Rouge. Seriously, but um, oh, did they did they come up with the gag first and then go? We got to go with it. We could get yeah. we could the offer French, it in blue. The French but... head office is going. Would you like the blue, the green? No, no, no. The, <laughs> the, the, the joke won't work if you do that. Yeah. But we find the customers. No, no, the joke will not work. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think that was the case. I really um, want a C15 for no, for no good. And maybe the one-person motorhome version, the Roma home. <laughs> We've been down this one before, I know, we? And they're, I know. they're surprisingly expensive. They are surprisingly expensive. Also, um, unsurprisingly lonely. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do. I do. I do quite like them. I do. Well... One day, the other week, the other week, I filmed with a. In fact, by the time people listen to this, it might have come out. But I had the privilege of, of of filming with a guy that has a pair of what you class as the ultimate Sierra Cosworths. He's got a group, oh. a well decorated Group A um, touring car, and also a um, a flawless, unrestored RS five hundred road car. And I had to get insurance to and uh, to drive the RS five hundred road car to tr- to film with it. And when I got in it, I opened the door and got in it. I sat in it, and it had a very distinctive smell because it's that sort of eighties velour Recaro interior. Yes. Oh, and th- and that plastic. Was it a hot gray, day? It was. It was relatively warm. Yeah, and it had the grey. Of course, the grey dash on hot days. There's a distinctive smell. Yeah, and what's weird is I I remember getting into Fords of that era and it transported me back, but there, I, I, I felt like there was something, an ingredient missing. And and I came away going, what, what is it? I had a real um, strange deja vu, but it was missing the smell of cigarette smoke <laughs> and possibly, possibly a, lem- a lemon magic tree. You know, it's this yeah. sort of heady mix of... Really stale cigs. Yeah, and they're fighting each other. There's two smells actively oh, engaged in in combat. On combat, it is. It is the and it's the the headliner is the is the is the som or whatever. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would say there's a pretty strong impression of Passchendaele going on in the velour upholstery itself because velour mm. soaks up a lot of smell. I think, and and I don't know why, but. Of course, I mean, it was much more common to smoke in cars 30, 40 years ago anyway, but I just expected it to to have that really strange, sweet-sour combination of yeah. of kind of Lambert and Butler baked in with um, with some sort of lemon, faux lemony, fresh scent. But it was it was a very, very cool. It was very interesting to um, to experience, I have to say. I saw someone the other day smoking in a car with all the windows up. Yeah, so, like so did I. What are you doing? Yeah, I know they're what? just mad. And this was quite a new car. This was a Toyota CHR, 
And I just went, what? I saw it in Evoke, just... less than a year, year really? old. And the, the young Christ. woman that was driving it, yeah, had a cig on the go with the windows up. And you're like, that is just absolute ruination. Not just of lungs, but of headliner and upholstery. And that's assuming you're yeah. not going to accidentally tap the hot end onto the carpet or the... Well, there's that. I mean, it's like, so what are you doing in there? Are you using the ashtray? Nobody do modern uses... cars even have ashtrays? No, well, they, they don't really, do they? No, I don't think they do, because they've been phased out for USBs. USB yeah. for, for, for To charge up anything, including a vape pack, which is the I mean, mo- obviously the modern smoking method. Yeah. Even <laughs> 20 years ago... Um, you used to have to spec the smokers pack in a lot of cars, yeah. didn't you? And basically, it was a tray, and if you asked, they would put in a sort of hot ash resistant liner, exactly, and a lighter. Yeah, but yeah, it's a long time since cars just came with an ashtray because I know. So, what are you doing with the windows up? And it was like it wasn't even the, the woman I saw in the CHI. It wasn't even a cold day. It was, and it wasn't raining. It was just, it was just like she was hotboxing herself for no apparent reason. Well, that's the thing. You're going to get out of there. You're going to smell appalling, aren't you? That's, yeah. that's not. I mean, your hair is just going to be. It's going to smell like like kindling wood uh, or the remnants of a bad house fire three days later. Yeah. It's going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, it's standing next to a forest fire. No. Uh, yeah. Um, I, it, won't, cause I, was gonna, I won't ask you how the cosas were, because um, people will have to cause watch it. your video to find out. Cosas. Um, were they... I, I, this is a very boring question, but... Yeah. How do you go about insuring yourself on someone's quite valuable... Cos Um I've got a good relationship with with Adrian Flux Insurance and oh, I get yes. I give them the VIN on the car uh, in the case of this car because it's uh, has an agreed value on it because it's of its rarity and condition. You've mm. got to declare all of that and then yeah, go through the motions of getting a twelve hour or twenty four hour cover. But yeah. It's done like I forget, like thirty five thousand miles from new this thing. It was it black, flawless. As flawless as an '80s Ford is going to get, it's. I, I, I don't know. I was, I was just curious. I imagine some people might be curious as how do you get insurance? Yeah. Like you don't sort of go on compare the market and go, yeah, and no, I just need it for a day. Just want to insure it for yeah, a day. An no, RS five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, it's an RS five hundred. Yeah, I'm not seeing it in your drop downs. I couldn't see it on any of that. No. Yeah. No, it's a it's, Ford. Yeah. Is it? A, Ford. Is it? Is it an ST two hundred Mondeo? No. Okay. For the sake of this, should we say it is, but just an old one? <laughs> yeah, but what, like 17 times the value? Yes, <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's the thing, because it's a 100 grand car. <gasps> it's a 100,000 quid car. It's, everything's gone. I was talking about this with a mate the other day about how the car market in general, uh, sort of interesting stuff, has is, is particularly hot at the moment. And we were talking about... Yeah, but I think it's also just sort of generally like the kind of people buying themselves treats. Because if if you've kept your job during COVID and everything's been okay, you maybe haven't been spending as much as you might just on travel and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and pretty Bit of money, feeling a bit gloomy about the whole thing. Cheer yourself up. If you've got enough quids squirreled away, go and buy yourself a little treat car. Yeah. And this was borne out by, because this mate I was talking to is sort of idly thinking that he might buy himself uh, an old 911, not old old, but sort of like my kind of era. Yeah. So 10, 12 year old 911. And so I was just idly went to all the usual sort of trusted Porsche specialists online that sell 
that sort of era of car. And most of them seem to have very low stock at the moment. Mm. And it feels like it's just everything must go. And there was a chap, there's a car designer uh, called Joe uh, on Twitter, I saw. He's not someone I know, but he's followed by a lot of people I know was um, selling his his 911, which is exactly like mine. Like, it's black, same wheels, same colour interior, but it's a manual. So it's a, a Carrera 2S. Nice. And, yeah, it looked lovely. And Well, it looked like my car, but manual. And um, <laughs> but it looked in really good nick. Like, sort of really just honest, used, but not scruffy car. And I actually said to my mate, oh, I think I saw one that a guy is selling on Twitter. And when I went back to check, it's already gone. And Bloody he said hell. he'd been inundated with calls. Talking of things being really quick to sell, I sold my waltzer. My waltzer's gone. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone up to Scotland. It's going to be in a bar in Scotland. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> well, at least it'll get some... Get some use, use and the owners are very enthusiastic about it. And um, they've said, um, feel free to come up, have a drink sitting in your old waltzer. So maybe it's something... <laughs> Where in Scotland? Uh, outskirts of Edinburgh, I think. I will. Oh, okay. f- I'll get the address, but we can always go. We can always swing by there. Have a swing by, yeah. Swing by as long as it's not Orkney or something that's a little bit harder to get. To quite happily go so. to Orkney for uh, right now. I quite like that. You ever been to Orkney? No, never. No, that's, that's why I'd like to go. I'd like to go to any of those. Do they get a bit midgy? I don't care about midges. I just I just put a magic tree round my neck. <laughs> like a necklace a foot orange from each ear yeah and a, and a just a cluster of of magic trees or the ones that aren't allowed to be called magic trees because they're knockoffs but they're they're called something yeah. like amazing oak <laughs> or something <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember their name uh, but clearly they're a colored tree that hangs from a wonder pine room. yeah it's one of fresh never cars that's right it's one of those one of those bad boys yeah did you spot last no not last week two weeks ago maybe mm-hmm. there was a sort of very small news story on some of the sort of car news outlets that the alpha julieta was finally going off sale millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I went, what? Since when was it still on sale? The because it was, yeah, it was deleted in the UK. Well, I don't know, at least a couple of years ago. Probably more. Oh. Turns out, 
if you're in Italy or France or something, you can still buy one. You can't. You staggered. can't still buy those Lancias, which look a bit like Norman Lamont. Can you? <laughs> have they been? <laughs> have they been building those without us knowing as well? What the Lancia Lamont? Yeah. yeah, they still buy. You mean the um, Epsilon? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, they still yeah they still make and sell those, but only in Italy. It's like Italy's second best selling car. Seriously, yeah, they must be cheap. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not, uh, they're not total crap, but well, it's a Fiat five hundred underneath, isn't it? But just with more Alcantara. But yeah, I don't. It's there was for a long time, even after the Giulia came out, Lancia still sold more cars than Alfa Romeo. And Lancia only sold one model in one market, and Alpha was, you know, trying to Everywhere. break back into the US and all sorts. And it was obviously that's God, that's that's embarrassing. That's really, it is, that's yeah, quite embarrassing. It's a, it's a mark of two things: one, Alpha not going well. I think it's better now. They've got the Stelvio and bloody blah. But um, and two, that the, lots of Italians still buy Lancia Epsilons because is it because because cheap or I don't think it is that cheap. Really? I think it's the same. Well, I don't. I mean, it's sort of. Maybe they're just bored of the 500. Yeah. Maybe they just I think, go, I don't really. <clears throat> I've seen too many. All my I mean, the last I checked, which was only quite recently, uh, they'd even updated the Epsilon so that it had got the new, you know, the, the, the 500 had gone a little bit hybridy. Not very hybridy, but. Yeah. And, minorly um, hybridy. Minorly hybridy, and uh, and the the epsilon is built in the same factory. So I guess when they update the five hundred, it behooves them to update the epsilon because its economies of scale in it. All right, so you know, Lancia Epsilon. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can work out, don't speak Italian, but from the Italian website, uh, the entry level is called the Epsilon Silver, and it is fifteen thousand three hundred euros. Okay. So it's, it's not much cheapness. It's not no. You know, so why the why the why the popularity? I'm, I'm I say no. I suppose it's sort of a little bit posh. Maybe it's an old person's car. You know, yeah. old people like a, they like a small car, but they like it to be a bit posh. That's right. Um, I'm now on the Fiat Italy website where oh, I've gosh, that the Fiat 500 in Italy is available in several trim levels. They are sports. Are they sports? Yes. Oh. Uh, I imagine that. people in Italy wouldn't say it like that, but uh, who knows? Uh, uh, how the would they say? Level it? Is, uh, esporta. Sporta. Sporta. But there's no A on the end. It's sport. Sporta. Sport. Cinquecento sport. Cinquecento sport. Interesting. Uh, apologies. So, any Italians listening, feel free to, I don't know, send us an audio file of how you'd say sport. Or just how you'd say "fuck off," you English twats. Um, the next trim level is Dolce Vita. Bit cliched. Bloody yeah. outfit. Yeah, that is um, a bit, isn't it? That geez, is a that bit. Really is. Ugh. In Italy, as well, you think if they called it over here, you go, "Yeah, all right, okay, fine, yes." But it, anyway, the next trim level is called Hey Google. Seriously, that's a trim level. Mm. Also, me saying that on this podcast, will that have set off all the people with yes. Google devices who are listening? Sorry. Yes, it will have done. I won't, I won't say it again. The, ne- the next trim level is called Connect. I'm sensing a theme here. Right. And then I presume this is in order, like ascending order. So the top of the range is called the Cult. The the, the Cult? Yeah, you cult. <laughs> what, um, what kind of Fiat 500 have you got? Cult. All right, just asking. <laughs> yeah, unless it's named after um, a band from the 80s. That's what it I is, Selling Sanctuary. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Oh, the Fiat Italy website is impenetrable, mainly because I don't speak Italian, but um, I can't find prices. I just wondered how much... A, 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 well, well, when I reviewed the new 500e, which is out now, and it yeah. has that strange optional kind of one and a half doors or half a door on one oh, side. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about which, that. Which like I have half an RX-8. Yes, like that. Um, when three you, plus one, is that what it's called? Yes, I think that's exactly what it's called, three plus one. When, when, you, turn, when you turn the car off, um, bearing in mind mm. this body shell is only available for the EV version, not the piston version yet. So they're running these two right, different yeah. bodies in parallel. Um, mm. When you turn the turn the motor off, uh, it makes this very creepy sort of ice cream van in a horror film little jingle. And I'm I commented on it. Little did I realise, apparently, it's taken from a legendary Italian opera. It's like a very oh. small snippet from a a popular song or or, or opera. Um, is it a proper music file it plays, or is it like a sort of MIDI version of it? Well, it sounded MIDI to me. You love MIDI, though, don't you? I do quite like MIDI. I think you sent I find me that it... whole album of MIDI stuff. <laughs> I've got to say, do you know what? MIDI for me is always funny. I've never found MIDI to be not funny. <laughs> I think the more grandiose the song, the funnier the MIDI version is. And there's always a guy of a certain age who's probably um, a little bit um, technology fearful, and he'll fumble around in his pocket in in, and it's always in like a um, a, a motor factor or a builder's merchant, and you'll hear you'll hear the little. T- tinny little oh, polyphonic yes. type ringtone. You're kind of at first you go, what's that noise? Is it? Is there an alarm going off? Is there something? Yeah, what, is that no. me? Is it? And then you look at the yeah. end. Then you see you turn around. There's a fumbling man. Yes, in off-brand steel toe cap boots. That's right. No name steel toes. Yeah. And as he pulls it out of his pocket, you kind of go, is that bat out of hell? Yes. I think it's midi. Bat it's out midi of hell. meatloaf, and it's. And, it's, and he always fumbles the answering of the phone, doesn't he? So it's a... Oh, he has to call them. Hello? Hello? And it's still going while he's got the phone That's right. That's right. Yeah. It never quite catches it, so he has to call them back. Sorry, Jeff. I'm in the... I'm in Jusons. Sorry. What was that? You what? Yeah. You what? What, you want more self-tappers? Yeah, I'll do it. No, I'll do it later. Do it later. Yeah, no problem. I'll do it. So that's that's your, that's your MIDI. But the thing about MIDI is they're always they're so um, they're so sad. They're trying to be happy, but they're they're very sad. And I yeah. and I, I I don't know why I just find it really funny. All MIDI's funny. I'm trying to think like what is the most up tempo, upbeat song in history. The, I heard I've, I've I've heard a spectacular version of the Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy, <laughs> which I just every time I hear it now, it just makes me howl. I'll have to forward it to you. But um, yeah, it's good. That's a good one. I, I was for some reason I was thinking of Reach by S Club Seven. <laughs> oh yeah. I think Ooh. I think the midiization would sort of knock the the chirpy edges off that a treat. Reach but, um, for the stars. Ding 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 ding. ding. <clears throat> it's quite yeah. I, I see. I also midi. I, forgive me, but uh, much though I do enjoy synthesized music, whenever people talk about midi, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of the Bedford midi. For oh, the van from yeah. the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a crap van? I think it was a crap van. It was a nice Suzu, really, wasn't it? But then they... Rebadged sort of and rehashed. 
It was. Well, were they made? I think they were made in Luton as well. So it was sort of local, you know, rehashed for local consumption. But yeah, it was a bit of a crap van, and you never see them ever, ever. No, ever. you don't. don't so no, never. Suggest they, were, they didn't have longevity on their side. I think of MIDI as the. the 80s hi-fi system that you'd have in your bedroom that's probably brushed aluminium and it was because i'm getting that we had the midi the mini and the micro do you remember that yeah and for quite a big deal wasn't it yeah it was a big deal so um, the micro was really fashionable but ultimately like my cousin who who did a a part-time job in the in the hi-fi shop in town and the only reason why he did it, he put all of his money that he earned back into the shop to get discount on some speakers. <laughs> he just regurgitated the cash. Uh, and I remember him telling me once, because I used to go in there because I was into audio and stuff. I used to go in there sometimes and call in when I was at college. And the one story I came away from was that one of the guys that he worked with, who was quite a large guy, um, pooed about once a month. <laughs> <laughs> what? Serious. Yeah, he had. I believe he had a condition where he couldn't poo very often, and so it all kind of built up, and and then he really had to go. And what was the condition? Quite... The condition of not eating any fruit whatsoever. I I don't know whether he was a sort the of condition avoider, consuming over a dozen eggs and bananas a day. It, I think I do suspect it was something like that, where it was. Yeah, it maybe eating the wrong foodstuffs, but I don't. I can't judge. Also, All I was, know was that, the one day like sort of. I mean, did it, could he predict it, or did it just happen? But it was roughly a month apart. It's it a bit like flying. I don't. Out I can't. I'll ask him. I can't Based remember the guy's name, but I know he he always used to argue with people about that. Nakamichi was the best um, for tapes, and oh well, they were, weren't they? Yeah, I think, well, but then you've got even higher end, you know, name and all that kind of stuff. Was you there, know what it's like. It's I know. Yeah, well, I remember because I, I just yeah. There's a lot of it. You're not if you're was. an audio paedophile, you, you'll know. There's loads of different little cottage industries. Wasn't there for a while? You said, oh, it improves the audio quality if you put your CDs in the freezer. Yes, cool them down. And I sort of feel like there came a point at which audio pedoism just started to basically take the piss out of itself of course it yeah. did do you know did what you I, know I, this will all sound better if you keep punching yourself on the nose while you're listening it's yeah. just uh, like people were, were seeing how ridiculous they could make it and cables bloody hell oh yeah get oxygen free um cables yeah yeah and yet if you went to a certain hi-fi shop and you were going oh actually you know i think i need to, i need gold i need gold Interconnect for a start, yeah. and then I need the oxygen-free cables, and obviously I keep all my CDs in the freezer. And you're going through all this faff, and you're being sold this shit by a man who poos once a month. <laughs> really, really puts it in perspective. <laughs> and I think he drove like a terrible car as well. I think he drove it. I mean, I'll, I'll find out some more intel for next time because I can't reveal the names. But I, my, in fact, my cousin last week was 45. So Richard, happy birthday! I forgot I didn't actually call you. Anyway, happy birthday. Well, let's hope he listens. Uh, um, she's still got some of his hi-fi. I know he has. He's still got his, really? hi- still got his Harman Kardon speakers that he bought back then. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. Well, they don't wear out, really, unless you... Well, they do, actually. Well, unless you massively overuse them. And they know that it's they but like work. saying that engines are bulletproof when they, they, all, mm. they all have their moments, don't they? 
It's funny how you sort of, I think we've all got, I mean, I don't have a proper hi-fi anymore. I just kind of admitted defeat and went, Ugh, Did you? You're one of them. See, I've still got mine and I get the piss taken out of me for having separate. Do you listen to stuff on it? Not as, uh, not as much as I would like. I've still kept all my CDs. I'm not going to sell them. But um, or, or slash give them away slash landfill them. But I'm I'm yeah. I need to. I'm going to get a turntable when the house is done. I want to. I've never owned my own turntable, but I've got quite quite a few records. So I need to. What did you do? Use the municipal turntable? No, I used to have a. I used to have a. Um, actually, I, I guess I did used to have a turntable as much as I used to have a jukebox. Oh, okay. I told you about the jukebox, haven't I? It's a West German one, really nice one. Um, sort right, of a no. early 70s West German. i tell you what was awesome about it was it is so loud in a normal-sized house because it's used to filling the space of a, a big room. Oh, so beyond yes. quarter volume, it was, it was deafening. So where we live, where our back garden backs onto fields, well, one night I wheeled it up to the patio doors, opened the patio doors out... Uh, Doug, I thought it was it was um, it was Guy Fawkes Night from memory, um, and I played mm-hmm. in the air tonight by Phil Collins, uh, uh, like a bit more than half volume. And honestly, a bit, I think the entire village could hear it. It was so loud, and and because it was on a record, it was some atmospheric crackles as well. It was brilliant. Were you tempted to ring uh, people you knew in other villages and ask if they could hear it? I I, I, I would have been yeah. I would like to. In a bit like the, um, maybe it was my sort of jolly version of a World War Two air siren noise, which my son's obsessed with, by the way. They're, they're learning about World War at school, and he's really into yeah. his sirens. Is it, I'm trying to remember the name of the siren. It has a specific name. Um, oh, and he okay. keeps asking me whether you, whether that you can actually buy them. Um, I was a bit obsessed with them. Yeah, when I was a kid. they're haunting because there's something. It's haunting exactly. There's something uniquely spooky about them. There is something. And once, when I was a lad, when I was about I don't know seven or eight, yeah. we went to stay with some friends down in Suffolk, mm-hmm. and that was back when um, Bentwaters, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was Mildenhall. There was you know when there were more US air bases still active down there. Yeah. We went. I think I've mentioned this before. And we went and watched the planes. Yes. Taking off a landing one evening, beautiful evening, we just went and stood by the fence. There was a place where you could spot them, and there were a few things flying around. And it was all very exciting, but also, you know, it was a kind of, it was still the Cold War then. Yeah. So there was this feeling of like, oh my God, you know, we're here. We're at kind of one of the front line places in this fight against this scary nuclear enemy. And then suddenly there was an air raid siren, and I absolutely shat myself because I thought it was, well, that's it, the nukes are coming. Which really? Which was an ongoing fear when I was a kid. Yeah, don't you remember being afraid that nuclear missiles were going to rain down on you? No, I didn't know Not anything about them. I think I was blissfully... Un- no, I was too busy doing Lego. I, I actually don't know. No, I really didn't. I didn't know about the Cold War until, I don't know, probably about... Early 90s. You're a little bit younger than me, though, aren't you? So it's kind of, I mean, it probably it had all wrapped up by the time you kind of... <laughs> Became aware. I knew of about like I knew war. about the Berlin Wall. Okay, so that that's probably my first memory of it, and obviously, um, uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, personally, um, scorpions spelling the Berlin Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all you need to know, really. It's all, yeah. it's the, half and, the half and the scorpions, and you've kind of got it covered. Maybe that's what so I should to do. Get for all my... bogged down in all that kind of carving up of Berlin shit. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh yeah, no. I so well, yeah, when I was a kid, Cold War, like. 
a mate of mine had a book that was about I don't know military stuff and it had this thing in it about you know where the Russians would strike first if they fired nuclear missiles at us and it said major airports would obviously be a target as well as military ones and I grew up about like two miles from Manchester Airport so I was I lived in a state of great panic oh and then I think I was discussing this with another mate and he went well you know uh, if if they struck the airport we'd be still within you know the immediate blast radius you wouldn't know a thing you'd be evaporated and I was like oh but are you sure what if you're in a building and then I read someone gave my parents a load of old copies of the Reader's Digest and I read something in there written by someone who survived the attack on Hiroshima what because he was a prisoner of war and he, he was inside a metal boat hull doing some welding or something and there was he sort of there was there was a sense of something going on outside and he went to climb out of the hull and the metal ladder was hot and he knew something was up oh and when he was finally able to climb out of the hull the crane on the dockside big metal crane had was like folded over an angle yeah all and and there was just carnage everywhere and the city that had been there was essentially gone and he'd just been down in the hull getting on with his enforced work oh my god and then he described some of the things he saw in the immediate aftermath and some of them i won't even say them now they're still really gruesome and it haunted me haunted me for years bloody hell i did not know this um well sorry i really kind of um we were supposed to there was something else we were supposed to talk about i'm sure well just to wrap things up from about i don't know two hours ago whenever we mentioned the fiat 500 in italy (laughs) i know everyone's dying to know how much it costs out there yeah Uh, the answer is normally fifteen thousand eight hundred euros and the basic uh, lancia epsilon is fifteen thousand three hundred however there's an online price if you buy your 500 base model online 14,004 euros what a strange price 14,004 why wouldn't you just find a way to round it down that's really odd Uh, that is a bit um so anyway there you go so normally at list price the epsilon is a tiny bit cheaper than the oh okay so no (laughs) i was wrong as well you absolute price obsessed loser what you you and your epsilons and your 500s the cult new cult is the cheapest 500 Mm. that's the 14,004 euros it's because the stereo's jammed on at a certain volume (laughs) (laughs) obviously it only plays songs by the cult but it it will not play their hit it won't play she's all the lesser known cult songs (laughs) that you could quickly get bored of you go it doesn't matter take it to the dealer and go it's just doing album tracks yeah sorry that does that nothing we can do Uh, nothing it was your choice you chose to spend 600 euros less and this is what you get yeah well i tell you what you, you, is that you, this is very much a sort of lost leader, the cult, because um, it looks like it's got alloys on it, which is surprising. Anyway, alloys. the next model up is the Connect, and that's 15,348 euros. So it's actually quite it's like more than a, a grand to upgrade, but it's, uh, it does look like it has two-tone paint. I don't understand what's going on here. There's the, <laughs> anyway... The um, <laughs> so the sport, sport is the top top of the range model. Um, course, could have guessed that really because I usually are. Course, but, oh, I suppose course. not with a Jeep Cherokee. No, wasn't the, that the entry the, level? The sport, yeah, the sport was the entry level, and the limited was the 
better one, wasn't it? Yes, and then the Keith Harrison Orvis came in and became the sort of top, <laughs> top of the range. That's right, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Didn't they do a North Face one or something, or was that the Ford? Oh, I'm thinking of uh, um, the Ford. Yeah, that was of, the um, Explorer. Um, ex- Explorer, that's right, because we did get that in the UK, didn't we? Briefly. Mm. Now, that's funny, because I remember borrowing one of those at a press car, and it smelt like a second-hand car inside. It was really odd. It had a smell to it that was sort of like half-hearted new car smell. Half, But well, it had overtones of not cigarette smoke, not sweat, just used car. And and I was like, Is this? and it just set a tone. That was a, it was a dog shit car anyway. But and they always sit a bit too low at the back, don't they? Like the, the leaf springs are going. Yeah, that's true. I've been thinking about Sade again. <laughs> I thought we had a no Sade. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we can't. Let's not mention it. No, because I was keeping a lid on a couple of Sade things. That, that oh gosh. Do you, do, do you think, I, I went to the gym the other day for the first time in a very, very long time, and apart from noticing different company cars in the car park, um, I there was a leaflet, like a flyer next to where you hang your coats and stuff up, and mm. it just has, the name of the business is just, I just can't believe it's real, because it just seems like such a knee-jerk reaction enterprise. <laughs> And, uh, like COVID fencing or something. It definitely, it definitely ends with UK, and you know that most dodgy <laughs> yeah. businesses in in Britain end with UK. I think, don't you think? Because it, it, what it does is it, it rings alarm bells for me that the original name for the business didn't have UK on it, and it, and they went bust, but they've reopened, oh. they've reopened under the name of their niece or nephew or gran, and just yeah. added UK, so therefore totally different business. I might be wrong, and I don't want to offend honest business owners but that's certainly the impression i get as a consumer so if it was like cheap brake discs uk versus cheap brake discs.com i would go mm, the uk one's dodge it happened to the charlatans the um excellent band the charlatans they call themselves the charlatans well they then they discovered they used to be a band in the u.s called the charlatans so did that when- when they appeared in the US and released records there, they had to call themselves the Charlatans UK. The name of this business is Very Safe UK Limited. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, it hang on, <laughs> hang on, Very Safe, Very Safe UK Limited. Very Safe is one word with capital S and capital V. Very oh, Safe okay. UK Just Limited. To make- because otherwise, you might think that the business was called Verisaf or something. Oh, honestly, and it says. Creating safe spaces, antimicrobial coating recommended for up to 90 day protection. There's a picture of some people in white, um, like decorating suits with masks on, spraying liberally chairs and tables. Mm -hmm. And it says, get a free quote, go to verysafeuk.com. Um, and I just don't believe it. (laughs) The other thing is, is Very Safe UK Limited is in a sort of Eight bit coat of arms as the logo. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I know we're, we're possibly mocking a really honest business. I just can't believe so it. So wait, uh, they they spray stuff. 
They spray stuff. Our antimicrobial coating's been tested and found to be effective against a wide range of bacteria and enveloped viruses such as COVID-19, creating an inhospitable surface for these dangerous microorganisms whilst keeping your premises a safe place to go for everyone. Right. Can I... And there's a really long list of things that it's ideal in. This is good on the other side. Ideal for use in the schools... Showrooms, offices, colleges, universities, banks, hotels, guest rooms, pubs, bars, clubs, medical practices, brothels, beauty treatments, spas, hairdressers, therapy clinics, care Illegal gambling dens. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cocaine processing laboratories. <laughs> exactly. Trains, buses, boats, <laughs> sports. Hovercrafts. Sports. <laughs> Hot air balloons. <laughs> Tractors. Yeah, I mean it's just like just, just <laughs> auto gyro. Just name <laughs> Just name Blimps. a thing. Just name it. Just yeah, name just a thing name now. Something. Motorcycle seats. Yes. Easy. Done. Uh, Lawnmower handles. Butcher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um purveyor of safe cat toys. Yes, that's absolutely fine. Sue Pollard. I just don't understand it. Wow. Woodland. Fields. Gates. Kettle drums, <laughs> just listing shit now. Hang what on, are the kettle drums the ones I like? The uh, the 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 oil drums, They're, the Jamaican yeah, Jamaican yeah. drums. No, no, those are steel drums. Uh, kettle drums are the big bastards that are always <laughs> at the back of the orchestra. Because they're could, a bit I aspo, aren't think, they? If you could pick one thing to do in an orchestra, I'd be that percussion person at the back because you've got loads of shit to play with, but you don't have to take part all the time. Oh, what about do, the gong? Well, you get the gong as well. That's part of your job. Oh, is it? You've got th- kettle drums, you've got gong, you've got some, you know, bells and shit. And <laughs> you're just extra percussion. I always think you stand at the back so you can sort of keep your head down and muck around a bit. But <laughs> every so often you get to go... I love that, but you've got to have immaculate timing. You can't just keep your head down yes. and muck around a bit and then totally yeah, there's miss. A, there's a, there has to be a limit to your mucking around because when you're required, you really are required. It's sort of like being a fireman. But there's a lot of waiting around, also like being a fireman. Well, do you think do you think firemen keep their head down and muck around a bit until there's a fire? Is that what they do? I'd imagine so, yeah. And then at night they work the doors of provincial nightclubs. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. Or have a sort of contract gardening business or something like that. Well, my, 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 well, my father-in-law's a retired fireman. He used to deal in pallets on the side, pre-owned pallets. Did he? Yeah, and he had a couple of Ford Capris. <laughs> not to deal in, but they were, they were, they were his car. It's not a, a pallet-friendly car, the Capri. No, it's it? not a pallet-friendly car. No, was he the one who lobbied them after the Mark One? Did he lobby them to put a hatchback in? And they did. And then he was like, oh, brilliant. Oh, shit, still can't get a pallet in. No, you still Bastards. can't get No, exactly. I've sorely misunderestimated the... Size of a palais. Is it like uh, uh, market palais? Is Ali Palais? <laughs> Hello, Regency Palais. Uh, do you do pallets? We might do. <laughs> Who's asking? What What is it pertaining? <laughs> to, yes, to what is it pertaining? Yes, I think we could get a brace of palais over to you this afternoon. We'll pop them in the back of the Capri. Very, very Actually, palatial, no, palatial environment here. It's... A house made <laughs> off, off of pallets. Pallets. Uh, <laughs> right, look. Alice, um, hi, I'm Alice to Pallet, but you can call me Ali Pally. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we should probably start easing this one down through the gears so um i are you gonna do what like police you always driving it with one gear slightly less than you should be in case you need to respond quickly or yeah yeah. they're the anti-mini cabbers aren't they they are the anti-mini cabbers yeah yeah you're keeping it above three thousand here is that do you need to i mean you never know someone else's petrol a officer um (laughs) yes anyway what will i do after three you're like a very you've got like an invisible ventriloquist doll <laughs> always <laughs> making all, Did the, you not know all that? these strange all these strange sound effects and there's nobody else there yeah. 58 shows in and i can't believe you've only just realized i do all of this with a ventriloquist doll uh so yes i'd I have, love to be a ventriloquist would you yeah i'd love to be able to do that Oh, we should. Well, we'll save it for next time. We were talking about magicians' cars, weren't we? On the WhatsApp, we'll, we'll talk. About <laughs> of course, we were. Just slip that one in there. Um, Rich. Anyway, in the meantime, three things to tell you, and they are one: Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show, which has got many good things on it, including some cars. There's uh, two. I've got various books out. One of them is called uh, A Medium-sized Book of Boring Car Trivia with a foreword by TV's James May, exclusively on Amazon as a paperback or an ebook. Uh, and three, I can't find my notes with the things I write down that are trivia. Oh yeah, here we go. Billy Piper's middle name is Paul. What? Yeah, hang on. And that's B- her B- dad's name as well. Billy Paul is is a, was a singer, or, or, yeah, or, or an actor. Is that right? Well, also, uh, Billy Piper's original first name wasn't Billy. Uh, she was born. Her parents called her Leanne, and then um, before her first birthday, they had a change of heart and changed her name to Billy. She was called Leanne. Yeah. But only for about the first year of her life. Uh, yeah, but her middle name remains Paul. Bloody hell, man! That's interesting. Thanks for that, Rich. Mm, is it? I don't know. Um, just uh, just the, the, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate interior um, of the AMC Pacer is called the Navajo, and it features very interesting traditional American Indian style stitching. It's very rare now. Really? Yeah, and I used to have one, and like a complete <sighs> flaccid ball bag i sold the car uh, <laughs> like a badly shaved ball like a bag. badly shaved egg bag i sold it and i sold it too cheaply and i've been trying to buy it back ever since but unfortunately the owner wants to keep it um, yeah but navajo look it up the navajo woven interior of the amc pacer is a thing will. or is a thing to behold for our patrons i will put a link to it in the show notes that go up on the patreon every week just one, or in fact, the only benefit of being a patient, except that you help us to keep this show going. <laughs> you, you you promoted it so well, then. I know, just, I missed my calling as a one. salesman, haven't I? Well, the only. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's the P.T. Barnum of trying to vlog shit stuff on podcasts. Uh, to, likewise, things I should mention is also, if you want to drop us an email, uh, smithandsniff at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from you, and I promise we read all of your emails, even if we frequently forget get to reply to them but we do sometimes read them out and i've had a, i've had some crackers in maybe we'll you have we'll read some more out and, and to that end Creek. thank you ever so much if you are an existing patreon to this podcast yes um yes. because your subscription and your contribution uh really helps it means that our wives don't nag us essentially it's the main yeah main and one day it could lead to something quite substantial like a navajo upholstered amc pacer perhaps i can't hear the word substantial now without being haunted by that hi-fi man who only poos once a week. <laughs> it's going to trouble me all week. 
All right, well, on that edifying note, thank you ever so much for listening. We'll see you for a slightly slightly less revolting episode at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye. (laughs) Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 